Welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway. And I'm Cameron Conway. And this podcast is a very personal look at personal finance in Canada. Welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway here with Cameron Conway, and we'd like to wish you a happy new year. Yay, 2022 is done forever. It's gone. It's finally over. And happy 2023. Here in the Lower Mainland, it uh, we got the surprise of snow over the Christmas holidays. So we had a couple extra unplanned days that we didn't have to go into the office. So that was pretty nice. Or have daycare. That's true. It's uh, two sides to each, uh, each coin. But we did get some extra time to spend together as a family. So that was very nice. We hope you had a wonderful holiday season too. That's right. We are refreshed with a question mark and we're ready for episode 56 in a brand new year and we're looking forward to talk more about personal finance the psychology behind it and how it can help you in your day-to-day life so let's talk about how a lot of people begin a new year with the best of intentions and it doesn't always work out in their favor so we've come up with some do's and don'ts of new year's resolutions to help you not only get on the right track but hopefully stay on it all throughout the year well, that's right so let's just jump right into it so i think the best way to go about new year's resolutions is to do as many as possible and hope for the best oh my goodness that would actually be the top on our don't list i think people overestimate what they can actually accomplish in any given year But it's a numbers game. If I have like 30 resolutions, I have to be able to get like one of them done, right? Well, are you doing them well or are you just trying to get them done? (laughs) Like everything else in life right now, it's kind of a partial job across the board. So what we do recommend in this space is prioritize your top three. And kind of the, the inner gut check that I use for this personally is if I were to accomplish nothing else in the year except this one thing or these two things or these three things, how happy would I be with the progress I've made in that area this year? Yeah, and part of this is also keeping it realistic and making sure it's things you like and not just the gratuitous, it's New Year's. I am very much not looking forward to going back to the gym after the Christmas break, so to speak, because that is also one of the biggest New Year's things. It's everyone crams into the gym, so there's no spots left. But a real resolution, if you want to go about this way, is to find something that will benefit you, that you can actually enjoy doing, because... If you can kind of check off those boxes, you have a better chance for long-term success instead of forgetting what it was by February. Well, that's right. And I mean, personal finance or financial goals are usually top of the list too, along with losing those couple extra pounds. So we kind of wanted to tie this back into some personal finance goals just to kind of help you see how we do it or how we recommend other people that we work with do it as well. So let's start by talking about credit card debt, because that's something that a lot of people start the new year with, especially after the Christmas season. We all kind of have that spending hangover. That's right. Reality really starts to set in pretty fast come January when those first bills come in to your mail or your email, or they just kind of automatically take out your bank account. So yeah, January is kind of the reckoning after Christmas. And for a lot of people, this is the wake up call to kind of start getting the credit cards more manageable. And we don't mean by just opening up a second or a third one to pay off the first one. 
Well, that's right. So the first step here is to just kind of determine if this is an indication of an overall larger problem or if this was kind of just the Christmas spending and it happens every year. And that can be easily resolved by doing some budgeting in terms of just setting aside a few bucks throughout the year so that you don't find yourself in this position year over year, again and again kind of thing. But where I like to have people start with this is to take a look kind of back at the basics. Look at what your after-tax income is coming in and look at your expenses and try and find out what's left. Because really, when you're talking about reducing credit card debt or paying down any other bills, lines of credit, things like that you might have, you need to know how much you have to work with kind of going in. So the big idea here is to find out where the money is going and kind of how much you seem to be spending or overspending in this area. Because, I mean, we all have these things that we like, that we like to spend money on. And this is where I think the money psychology side of it has to start to take over a little bit. What I like to try and tell people is to identify the triggers. And by that, I mean the circumstances that happen right before you tend to engage in that activity. So spending the money. So in this case, in our example, if we're talking about online spending, maybe it's you're sitting down in your chair after a long day's work and maybe you felt unfulfilled with your job today. Maybe you're just plain feeling bored and you start surfing the internet and lo and behold, you find yourself at your favorite online shopping space and before you know it, you've clicked buy and kind of in a haze, a few days later, a package arrives at your door and you haven't really even thought about it twice since then. Or maybe you've even completely forgotten what you purchased at that point in time. But what the activity did was during that moment when you were engaged in it, it provided a short-term sense of relief or a sense of satisfaction from doing the buy, from making that purchase that at the time you probably thought would either relieve some stress or resolve some ongoing issue that you had. And for some people, it's not even just about the satisfaction. It could be the sense of control. You got people where like their rents are up 10, 20%, mortgages are going up, and some people feel like they're just kind of spiraling out of control every area. So some people will gravitate towards shopping to kind of have that sense of control where I can click a button, I can make something happen that I want to happen. And all these things kind of play into this where we just rely more and more on credit card debt. Like we've been seeing year after year, sort of the ratio between a person's income and debt is just getting more and more way towards the debt side. And these credit card bills are just racking up higher and higher across the board. So there are a lot of these temptations either from kind of the feed the dopamine side to just having a sense of personal security and control, or it could just be the sheer boredom for some people. The kind of the introspection thing you have to do, and yes, I know this is a personal finance podcast, but still this introspection is to help you figure out which of those archetypes that you may fall into, or it could be something else completely different. Well, yeah. And I think a lot of people find satisfaction in finding a great sale, right? So they're searching and wow, this thing is 10% off. And it's something that I could see myself using down the road. And I like to remind people that if they carry a credit card balance, that item actually costs 20% more or whatever your credit card interest is. And you also have to look at how frequently that interest is compounding because the more frequently it's compounding, the more this is going to cost you. So does that same sale item have the same kind of luster to you if you realize that it's actually 20% more each month that you carry that balance? 
Yeah, that's the important thing. It's not just 20% more flat. It's every single month, it goes up another 20%. Then the compounding kicks in, and then it's up 22%, then 26%, then 31%, and on, to the point where you essentially could have paid double for that great deal. Right. So that's why we encourage people to look at their particular terms on their credit cards just to kind of see what that spending is costing them. And this isn't a make you feel bad about past purchases kind of thing. It's trying to dissuade you from continuing in a behavior that could be hurting you because it's taking away from other ways that you could be spending that money or from potentially securing your own future, your own retirement. Uh, All these things where future you would thank you if you were to stop in that behavior. But let's go back for a minute to you coming home from work, sitting in that chair, looking at that computer and kind of as you're browsing, you find yourself at your favorite online boutique. Well, one of the best things that you can do for you is make it harder for yourself to kind of complete that transaction. And what I mean by that is if it's an application on your phone that you continually kind of look on to find these great deals, whether they're deals or not, uh, after you factor in all that interest, maybe you delete the application or maybe you block or redirect a website temporarily, or maybe even you set up a super complicated, never will remember password, and then put that password way upstairs or in the back of a closet somewhere where it's really, really difficult to get at so that you actually have to work to engage in that activity. Keep in mind that our brains love things that are easy. We love things that are low effort. And I think that's why online shopping in particular has taken on such a huge part of our spending patterns because it's just so convenient and so quick and so easy. It's hard to resist that a click of a button gets you a new item delivered to your door. Well, that's right. I can just sit in the toilet and I can order a couple box sets of movies. Don't give away all your secrets there. (laughs) But no, it's the convenience that can trap you if you're not disciplined enough. Because yeah, you can just be anywhere in the house. You could be sitting in traffic. Don't do this while you're driving. You can be waiting somewhere, you can be getting coffee, it just doesn't matter. You just have those apps and you have that access and that convenience where at any moment it could be shopping spree. Right. So what we actually recommend here, in addition to making it difficult on the day-to-day, is to actually set yourself times where you've given yourself permission to engage in this activity on a limited budget. So if you did the exercise that we talked about earlier where you looked at your net pay, you looked at all your expenses, and you know what's legitimately left over. Of course, some of that's going to be going towards the debt reduction, but there should be a certain amount carved out each month for spending. And I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but I mean, I also believe that you should eat sweets when you're on a diet. It should just be a limited amount and controlled timing. So if you can kind of control these variables, then you have a much greater chance of success than trying to stop altogether, cold turkey kind of thing. And that never seems to go well for anyone. No, we're not saying to kind of go like on some sort of fast or something like that with this stuff. It's to make these slow, gradual improvements because it just it, that's what it takes to kind of rewire your brain to do this. This isn't just a, I'm not going to do it for a couple of days and it's good. No, you need like one to two to three months of consistently doing things in these patterns and thinking things this way and being committed to this before it really starts to kind of take in that. And that becomes your kind of new habit in life. 
So yeah, that's why most of these New Year's resolutions will peter up by February because there just wasn't that consistency to kind of rewire your brain to make sure you adapt yourself to do the things you actually said you wanted to do at the beginning of the year. Well, that's it. And it's not necessarily, I'm going to have this completely sorted out in a specific period of time. It's the number of repetitions that really matter. And there's different ways to kind of change patterns in your mind. But I find that the easiest one to start with for something like this is to identify the conditions that you're already in, identify the feelings before and after, but then rather than trying to come up with a whole new thing, a whole new pathway for your brain to create, which you can do, it's just replacing that end outcome. But like we said before, it has to be something that's equally satisfying. But before we get into that part, let's circle back for a minute, just in terms of the idea of allowing yourself to make these purchases if online shopping is your thing. So what you might want to do, because visual reminders are a really great thing, you might want to have a calendar right beside your computer. And at the very top, you can write your goal, your number one priority goal for the year on every month, just so it's staring right at you when you open up a page. And then you want to start small with small increments. So maybe the first time you say, if I have two days where I'm not shopping, on day three, I'm going to give myself $20 to spend on whatever it is that I want. And what I would do then with my calendar is I would put a check mark on the days that I successfully did not spend. So what I'm trying to do is set up a system for myself where now it's satisfying for me to not spend money on that day because I get to see this affirmation that I did something, I accomplished something by not engaging in that behavior. Yeah, we recommend using like a paper calendar because doing it on your phone, yes, can be easier, but it's also really easy to hide that app in the background. When you have the paper calendar, it's always just staring right at you. You can't run away from it. You can't escape it. Every time you look at your monitor or where it's close by, you will see those checks and you can't just alt F4 everything out of the way. That's right. Well, and the idea here too is to gradually extend the length of time that you can go before you need to engage in that activity. So let's switch gears again here for another minute and talk about how to substitute that activity that you're used to, so in our example here, online shopping, with something else that you can find equally satisfying. And again, remember, like I said before, your brain needs it to be easy. It needs it to be low effort and it needs it to feel rewarding. So, I mean, for me, back in the day when Pinterest was a thing, I like to kind of look through the pictures of different activities that I could be interested in. And you kind of fantasize a little bit, right? You picture yourself doing this activity, making this nice meal for your family, planning out your next big event. But you get to kind of see all of these options laid out before you. And that does have some similarities to online shopping because really you're just looking at a pretty picture of the thing you want to buy. Let's say it's a new dress or something like that. And you're picturing yourself in that dress or you're picturing yourself enjoying the activity that you're going to do when you purchase the thing. So it's really just temporarily because you know that you are going to allow yourself some spending. Maybe it becomes a game of trying to figure out how you can do what you want to do at a little bit of a lower cost. And some of that could be, like I said, the Pinterest browsing or the looking at alternatives that are free, that are cheap, that are easy. But if you can find satisfaction in doing that, maybe that will help you 
kind of move along and move past the boredom because now you're actively engaged and it's a very similar thought process. There's just no buy button at the end of the page. Yeah, that does sound a bit better than what I do on Reddit with all my doom scrolling. <laughs> Each to their own, right? Yeah, so a lot of this is just trying to find either something similar that is either free or cheaper or just throttling your spending to make it more enjoyable. Because if you just give your brain too much dopamine all the time, it starts to break down and then more isn't always enough. So sometimes these staggered rewards can actually have a bigger effect on you emotionally than you may think. Yeah, so there's actually, I can't remember the term, but it's it's basically some kind of intermittent rewarding system where your brain doesn't really know when it's coming next. So in this case, you do know because you have it pre-planned, but the similarities here could be that there is a reward coming. Like, I mean, when you think about all of the online games that people like to play, very similar to casinos, right? Bright, shiny lights flashing instant rewards that are easy to get that increase in difficulty the longer you play um, things like that that are great at triggering your brain to think you accomplished something or you got a nice shiny light or a nice whatever the the icon is at the end of the game that you want to do it you i don't play a lot of games that's why i don't really know what i'm talking about i, I think i'm the one supposed to talk about video games over Go here ahead. i don't think i've ever completed a video game in my life is it fair to say that Yes, 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 it's fair. I, I don't know how a controller works. That's pretty embarrassing, too. <laughs> yes, I'm the one with the PlayStations and the gaming PC. Yeah, Cam tries to set it up so that we're like watching Netflix using one of his gaming, whatever device. Yeah, I, I can't even get her to use my PlayStation to watch Netflix. It, the controllers are a little too complicated, but kind of, kind of back on track, though. <laughs> <laughs> so if I, with my limited ability to do all this... Uh, high-tech gaming stuff, or even not even very high-tech, can figure out how to stay out of debt and actually help other people to do it, maybe you can too. It's really not that hard. No, and I'll just be upstairs alone in my office playing Destiny. But even then, playing that game gets a little expensive every year with all the add-ons. But again, that comes down to proper budgeting, where I've got my little fun money account. I set aside a little bit every single month so it doesn't go crazy. I don't spend wildly. And it's just part of good budgeting where you can have these little rewards, these little fun things here and there. You can have your streaming services or the odd thing from Amazon and, and it doesn't break the bank. But again, the part of that comes down to being disciplined and finding things that you actually enjoy, which can help you stay motivated. Well, and that kind of plays into another core concept that I love, which is basically, does it move the needle? Will a Netflix subscription break the bank? Will it keep you from achieving your goal. And I mean, this might sound a little absurd, but you can do your uh, timeline for your goal with and without it. And if it doesn't move the needle and you get a lot of enjoyment from it, then by all means, why are you trying to take away something that you like? I think the reason a lot of these things fail instead of succeed is that financial planning goal setting seems to have become more and more about no, about what you can't do, and less and less about how you can make it work. And there has to be some of that positive spin on it. You have to feel that you can achieve these goals and that it is possible to get to that outcome. Yeah. And unlike a certain federal MP, which will remain nameless, we don't think that a Netflix or Disney Plus subscription will break your bank and stave off financial ruin. Oh my goodness. Let's uh, let's stay out of politics on this uh, on this podcast, each to their own. But what we will say is when you're doing your budgeting for the year, 
like we said, that all-important difference between your net and your expenses, that now has to be divided between retirement savings, debt repayment, and any other goals that you have in between. Yeah, well, one way we can kind of look at this is that your spending is essentially an expression of your obligations and your desires. You've got bills you have to pay, and then the desires is what you want to spend your money on. Is it that dress? Is it that sushi? Is it video game? Is it a car? Whatever it is, it's understanding that money is just a tool that people use to fulfill their desires, to keep them happy or what have you. And then the, the bills is the obligation side. And when people are not disciplined in this way, at times their desires will overshadow everything else. And then all of a sudden their obligations are a lot harder to pay for. And that's when the debt cycle starts to happen. Well, and that's when people find themselves cycling through these periods of now feeling like they have to go on this financial diet. They have to implement this really hard budget to get out of debt in a reasonable period of time. And well, yes, sometimes that is necessary. It doesn't address the core root of the problem. And that's what we're trying to do. That's why we're trying to identify the decision points. That's why we're trying to identify the things that you do that put you in the position to kind of mindlessly spend. And then changing the route that you take or changing the route, the pattern that your brain takes so that you're substituting a different activity that has a better outcome that leaves you feeling better at the end of the day because not only did you enjoy yourself, but now you're not digging out of this hole and really wasting opportunity, which is your dollars could have gone somewhere else. Yeah, you can go out and buy all the Dave Ramsey books, Gail Vaz Oxlade books, or even Christine's own book, but it won't matter if you don't actually change your house. It'll just be more things you spent money on that are just taking up a space on your shelf. And it's essentially meaningless unless you actually start to make these changes. I'm not saying to make the change. I'm saying to start because that's how all this works. So let's recap our do's and don'ts for New Year's resolutions. And I mean, I guess we went a bit on off of track like we usually do, but I think we can kind of Cole's notes where we were going with this. Okay, let me try. Uh, my do's, uh, continue doom scrolling on Reddit. Oh, Con- no. Continue playing Destiny. Oh, jeez. Continue <laughs> buying things on Amazon in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Uh, as long as I don't have to see it, that's fine. How about do set yourself a budget for spending. Don't try and go cold turkey. Do give yourself permission to engage in that activity, but do create a schedule where you start small and then you slowly increase the time between these purchases. Do find a substitute activity that gives you an equal amount of satisfaction that can help you pass the time, whether it's doom scrolling, a freemium game, please no, uh, Pinterest scrolling like I used to do, or whatever it might be. But do give yourself permission to explore new things that you might enjoy. And don't forget, freemium isn't free. Never is. And I guess on the don't side, don't have too many goals. Don't think you can take on the world in one year. I can't. No one can. I mean, if you can, you're amazing. Please let me know how you do it. I think the most important don't I have learned growing up is don't do what Johnny don't does. Oh my goodness. Say that three times fast. No, no, no subtle 90 Simpsons reference at this point in time. Uh, Cam is just one walking Simpsons reference. And many other things. Yeah. If you want to flash back to the 90s, then there you go. Simpson, South Park, Star Wars, all that good fun stuff. Do find a way to enjoy the process and do continue to learn because the more you educate yourself about personal finances, 
the better you'll be in the long run. Uh, this is not as hard as you think it is. It really, really isn't. If you get some of the basics ingrained in your mind, if you have a few basic habits that you do on a daily basis, or even a monthly basis, you can set yourself miles ahead of other people. I mean, my goodness, I ran our whole household off of an Excel spreadsheet for decades. That she did. And I guess on the don't side too is don't jump into the deep end. If you want to make a, ch a change, you want to do some self-improvement, don't, don't go out and buy every single book, every single accessory, every single resource. Just take those baby steps to kind of get the habit ingrained in your brain and then start to develop from there. And if there's something that you enjoy that you're thinking about giving up so that you can accelerate your debt repayment or whatever it might be, see if it moves the needle. If it doesn't move the needle, my goodness, please enjoy your life. You don't want to end this with regrets. I have an unorthodox do. That is, if you really want to spend lots of money at Christmas, start saving in January. Do like Cam's mom does. She saves for Christmas all throughout the year, and she buys for Christmas all throughout the year, too. Again, just one of these little things to avoid the credit card bill later on. Just even it out throughout the year if you really do like to do a lot of spending and a lot of gift purchasing. And do take some time for self-reflection to try and figure out why you do the things you do, what feelings you get when you spend money, what circumstances trigger you to spend money, and figure out what your kind of point of no return is. Like I said, it's probably, if it's online shopping, visiting that specific website, or it's not necessarily making the buy, but figure out what needs to be avoided and make that as difficult or as challenging as possible for the period of time when you don't want to engage in that activity and give yourself a little bit of grace and a lot of patience because no one gets this right the first time around. There's going to be steps back. Don't think you can kind of change the world in one day or you can change yourself in one day. This is going to be many, many, many repetitions before your brain catches on. And I suppose the last do we can leave you with is do follow us on Facebook and join our Facebook discussion group. It's Personal Finance Canada. No, no shameless plug. Shameless plug is fine. Also, if you want to jump into the conversation, please feel free to start a conversation with us because really we don't know what we're supposed to be saying there. So <laughs> if you can help us out, that would be great. We're happy to engage. Uh, we're pretty nice people. At least we think so. So we hope this podcast helped you out and is a good start to new your new year. We hope that you can see through your new year's resolutions this year with a little bit of help and we hope that you'll continue to go on this crazy ride with us and as always if you're in the bc area and looking to speak to someone about your personal finances here's my shameless plug for our company braun financial services feel free to find us online braun financial braunfinancial.com that's one website you will not want to block and uh, feel free to hit us up if we can help you out in any way until the next time take care and all the best.